Good evening, uh, brothers and sisters. Welcome back to this service. We've been talking on a very important topic about guarding our hearts because everything we do flows up uh, from our hearts. So uh, the Bible exhorts us to do everything we could to protect our heart from being defiled. And we have learned that our hearts can be defiled in our relationship with people because we are hurt, we are angry, and uh, also our hearts is defiled because of our own wickedness within. And uh, even when God is dealing with us disciplining our life, we also uh, can allow bad attitudes to come in and therefore defile our hearts. And the book of Hebrews uh, 12, verse 15, it says, See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God, and that no bitter grows up to cause trouble and defile many. So, um, God has provided grace for us because when we go through all this kind of a relational problem, which is unavoidable, and the Lord knows it, and so He has made available His grace for us so that we will not become bitter, so that our hearts would not be defiled, because that will result in a lot of troubles, a lot of other people being affected and uh, destroy uh, the fellowship, the unity of the body of Christ. So uh, uh, that's why we need to protect our heart. We need to deal with the bitter roots, okay? Bitter roots that is in our hearts. So a lot of times the problem, as we say again and again, the problem is not the problem. But if you trace it back, you can trace it back to the bitter roots, things that happened in the past, things hap that happened even during our childhood days. But we have not resolved those emotional issues, those uh, hurts and bitterness, and so it will grow and manifest itself in later days and through other similar circumstances, and therefore it brings about trouble for many people. Okay, so we need to deal with the bitter roots. That means the defilement that happens in, in time past. Right, in the New Testament, there's this perfect example that illustrates this. You know, Simon the sorcerer, he, through the preaching, through the miraculous signs that Philip performed, had come to know Jesus. And for him to give up sorcery, which is a form of income, which is his profession, for him to give all this up, the position and influence that he has over people because of the supernatural demonic power that he has. And it must take a lot for a man of his, his kind of uh, position to do that. And that shows he really believed Jesus indeed is a true God. And subsequently, he was following Philip. Wherever he went, just, 
you know, so eager to, to know more, so eager uh, to, to learn about the things of God. And uh, if he continues in this, this manner, I'm sure in the days to come, as he grows, as he's able to deal with the, the issues in his life, he will be a good uh, servant of the Lord Almighty. He will be a good minister and, and partake in the ministry. But Simon the sorcerer, he had a root problem. He had uh, the bitter root that is in his heart. The Bible doesn't tell us how it comes about, but uh, uh, it definitely happened before he come to know Jesus. So it's, it's a, a past defilement that was in his heart. Let's read about it in the book of Acts. Verse, uh, chapter 8, verse 13. Then Simon himself believed and was baptized. He began following Philip wherever he went, and he was amazed by the signs and great miracles Philip performed. And uh, so when Simon Peter, when he came uh, to this place and the Spirit of God begins to move and people are baptized in the Holy Spirit, speaking tongues, Simon wanted to be part of it. And, uh, but he thought that he could use money to buy this power, buy this gift, uh, probably because of his past experience in witchcraft, in, in that uh, demonic realm. So he thought he can do the same. And, uh, but he was rebuilt uh, by Simon Peter. And in Acts 8, verse 21, you, Peter spoke to him, you have no part or share in this ministry because your heart is not right before God. Your heart is not right before God. So it wasn't because he didn't believe Jesus or any other reason that he could not have, uh, could not have a part in the ministry of God but because he has a heart issue that he need to, needed to be dealt with. So it tells us that uh, God will give us a grace to minister. God will give us a grace to uh, overcome in our relational problem. He has made provision for that. But we can miss the grace of God. See that you do not miss the grace of God because of the bitter roots. Bitter roots that is in, heart, in our heart. So, uh, in verse 22, Peter pinpoint to Simon the real cause of his problem. He said, repent of this wickedness and pray to the Lord in the hope that he may forgive you for having such a thought in your heart. For I see that you are full of bitterness and captive to sin. 
Then Simon answered, Pray to the Lord for me, so that nothing you have said may happen to me. So you can see the condition of our heart is very important. Simon had all the qualification in terms of believing, in terms of desire, in terms of following Jesus, except the condition of his heart. His heart is not right because there are bitter, bitterness, full of bitterness. There are emotional hurts and problems that, that he had gone through that resulted in this condition that was not dealt with. And because of this bitterness, it controls him. It manipulates his mindset and thinking so that he thought he can use money to buy this gift, to buy this power so that he has shared in the ministry. And so, similarly for us today, you know, there are people who love God, who desire to know more about God, but yet, because of bitterness, bitter, that is in their heart, they are not able to break through. They do not have the grace to share in a ministry that God would have given to them had they dealt with the bitter roots. And you can see in this story, Simon wasn't hard-hearted. Simon wasn't um, bad, you know. He... he, he he wanted to serve. He wanted to, to follow Jesus. And he gave great praise to do that. And at the rebuke and the admonition of Peter, look at Simon's response. Simon answered, pray to the Lord for me so that nothing you have said may happen to me. So in other words, Simon won another chance. Simon won to have a part in the ministry. He wanted to follow and serve Jesus. And uh, he humbled himself. He asked for prayer. And that is better than, you know, some of these people that I dealt with. Even though they have never dabbled into witchcraft. But when you talk to them, they are hardened. They, they, they argue. They, they resist. Rebuild, uh, uh, resist what God wants to do in their life. But where else Simon is not? He humbled himself. He prayed. He wanted to be a servant of God. He wanted a share in the ministry. And so, uh, this is a typical lesson that we need to grasp from Simon's uh, experience that we will not allow bitter roots to rule in our hearts, causes us to uh, be in bondage to sin. So we needed the grace of God to be able uh, to, to maintain good relationship with people because there is bound to be conflicts, there is bound to be hurts and disappointment. Uh, from time to time. So we needed the grace of God. 
And then the second thing, in order not to miss this grace, we must die to the law. The Lord tells us what to do and what not to do, and so on. And uh, we cannot depend. We we cannot by obeying the law enter into the grace of God. Galatians five verse four: You who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. In other words, we are Christians. We started in grace, believing Jesus, believing what Jesus has done. But because of the past inference, the past uh, knowledge that we had about the law and and so on, and somehow we have. Backtracked and gone back to the law, depending on obeying the law to justify ourselves to have righteousness. So, because of that, we have fallen away from grace. We are cut off from Christ. Because if we are in Christ, we continue to trust in Him. We continue to trust in His righteousness. So the grace of God is working in us, and uh, when we continue to trust in Christ and continue to move in grace, we will be gracious. We will know the forgiveness of God. We will know the loving kindness and compassion of God, and we will move in the same way as we have experienced. But once we move away from Christ, and we wanted to be justified by the law, that means we focus and depends on our performance. And if we do not perform, we will be condemned. We will be judged. And when we do that, that's the way we also uh, deal with other people. That means those who move in the law, those who to, to who, who wants to be justified by the law, they are very critical kind of people, because that's what they demand of themselves, rather than depending on Christ. So they will be very critical of them uh, of of themselves as well as others. They will they will judge other people, like the Pharisee. Like the Sadducees, they they observe the law to the minute details. They obey the law with all good intention and purpose. They want to 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 love God, and uh, because they are they are functioning in the law, so they are very quick to judge others who fail. So the story about this woman who was caught in adultery. And they were brought before Jesus, and the Pharisees, they 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 want to condemn this woman. They want this woman to be judged according to the law, to be stoned uh, to death. And so Jesus finally 
spoke to them and said, if you have not committed any sin, you cast the first stone. So you see, those who function in the law, there are many good things that they do in terms of legally righteous, uh, and they obey. But they, fo- they tend to focus on things that they are good at. So they talk about those things. And then they neglect or, or, or do not look at things that they themselves have committed, they themselves have failed. And that's how they judge others because they think they are, uh, uh, they are right. And those are the things that they obey. So the, the, those who want to judge this woman, they do not commit adultery. But there are many other kinds of sin that they do commit. And so that's why Jesus said, if you have not sinned, you cast the first stone. And slowly, each one of them just, just left. So those who function in legalistic righteousness, they tend to judge. They're very critical. Uh, they, they condemn people. But they ignore other failures that they have. And the other thing about people who move in legalistic righteousness is they are self-righteous. They are filled with self-righteous. And recently I need to tell someone and deliberately done so in order to awaken the person. The person wants to be righteous. He wants, the person wants to do right in the sight of God, wants to obey the, the laws of God. But by trying to obey the law in this manner, the person put oneself in a box. And so it is filled with self-righteous, the way the person looks at things. So I have to deliberately and uh, gently tell the person, yes, you are righteous, you want to be righteous, but you are full of self-righteousness, according to the way you see things. But there, is, there are bigger things than what the person can see. So here is this, Two men, they went to the temple to pray in the Gospel of Luke 18, verse 10 to 14. And one, a Pharisee, and the other, a tax collector. Verse 11, the Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, and even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. So people who like to compare themselves with others, who like to compete with others, to show that they are superior, they are better, are people who are filled with self-righteousness. They may seem to be godly, like the Pharisee, they may seem to be obeying all the rules that God wants them to obey. But as we say, just focusing on things they have done. But there are other things that they did not obey. So this man was so self-righteous and begins to think that he's much better than all these other sinners that is around him. And 
the legalistic righteous things that he that he did you know paying tithes and 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 uh, fasting and so on but the spirit of this Pharisee was not right he obeyed the law uh, the woods uh, the, 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 the according to, 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 to the law, but not the spirit of the law. Okay, so it, com- it compete, it compare, and feel with self-righteous. In verse 13, but the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, earth sinner. And Jesus responded by saying, I tell you that this man rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, but those who humble themselves will be exalted. So in order for us to enter into the grace of God, we've got to obey the spirit of the law, filled with humility and come before God, seeking for grace, and mercy rather than boasting about our righteousness, our legalistic righteousness as we see them. So we're talking about protecting our hearts. We have to deal with our past emotional issue, the bitter roots that is buried in our hearts that will surface in later days under the right circumstances. And so we miss the grace of God. Rather than trusting the grace of God, that bitterness begins to take control and causes uh, such problem and defilement to many, many people. And then in order to function in the grace of God, we have to depend on the righteousness of Jesus and uh, by dying to the law, by not trusting legalistic righteousness. And so that we, we live in Christ. And so in order to function in the grace of God, just now we mentioned, we live in the spirit of the law for the latter kills. You know, if you obey according to the letter, according to the words, rather than what's behind it. What is God saying beyond the letter of the words? So when we obey the letter of the words, it is us who is doing the work, it is us who is obeying and and wanting to be Righteous. We do everything. But when we enter into Christ, when we obey the spirit of the law, then we're depending on Christ. We're depending on His righteousness. It's He does everything to us. So remember, if you obey the law for righteousness, is you doing everything. But when we obey the spirit of the law and depends on Christ's righteousness, it's Him who does everything to us. Look at what the Apostle 
Paul says in Galatians two, verse nineteen to twenty, he says, "For through the law I died to the law, so that I might live for God. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave Himself for me." So here you are. Paul says, "I died to the law, so I no longer live. I do not do not depends on myself, but I live in Christ. I depends on Christ. I live by faith in the Son of God. That is living under grace. That is functioning in the power of God. So to function in the power of God, we really need to die to the law." Not legalistic righteousness, but the righteousness of Christ, allowing Christ to do everything in us and to us, and we live for Him. Galatians two verse twenty one. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. Can you see? So, Jesus has come. Jesus has given us grace. So let's not go back to legalistic righteousness、uh, and trusting in our own effort to be righteous, but rather living in Christ, live for Him, and trusting in His righteousness. Then we will not forfeit the grace of God. And、uh, so when we live. In the spirit of the law, we know what is important beyond the letter of the law. Let's look at Matthew twenty-three. Twenty-three. He said, "Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrite! You give a tenth of your spiced mint, dew, and cumin, but you have neglected the more important matter of the law: justice, mercy." And faithfulness, you shall practice the latter without neglecting the former. So the law is meant to protect, to bring about justice. The law is not meant to condemn and to destroy, but to protect us. Right, so. This is what is the spirit of the law. Rather than quoting the law to condemn and to judge people, the law is meant to point out to us our sins, so that we can come to God to cry out for mercy, for grace, and for forgiveness. And then the law, it says here, the more important matters of the law is mercy. Mercy. So, so we are always gracious. You know, allow people to rise up again, to be restored again,、uh, to to have another chance, rather than、uh, condemning and writing them off. And then the law talks about faithfulness. Faithfulness. 
it doesn't break that relationship. It continues to, to, uh, to function in grace, despite of all the all the injustices, despite of all the hurts that has been going on. Uh, the the Lord speaks about faithfulness. God wants to restore. God wants to heal. God wants to show His His grace to us. And that's the, the more important thing from the law rather than uh, to judge and to condemn and, and to have that form, that legalistic righteousness, you know, the, the things that, that we boast about, that we have obeyed. No, but this is the heart of the law. This is the spirit of the law. And so Paul is telling us that in order to keep the grace that Jesus has given to us. We've got to die to the law. We've got to trust in the righteousness of Jesus and obey the spirit of the law, allowing Jesus to live through us and not basing on the latter, right? The righteousness that, that comes because of our doing, because of what we have done. Because no way we can can fully uh, fulfill the law by, by obeying this legalistic kind of righteousness. So, so tonight we, we learn that God has given us grace in all kinds of relational problems that we encounter and we must not miss that grace. Okay, so first of all, we have to deal with the past, the bitter roots, what is, what is surfacing, what is manifesting that is causing the problem? What is the root cause of it? And so once we dealt with that bitter root, then we continue to grow. We can participate in a ministry. We can participate in a grace that God has prepared for us. And then we are to continue in grace. We started in Christ. We because of Jesus, we believe in Him, and we have to continue in grace. Because if not, we become very judgmental, we will condemn others, we will accuse others, we will be for pride, self-righteous, because we think we're so good, and uh, we like to compete and compare ourselves or what we do with other people. So the kind of spirit is a very hardened kind of spirit, very self-centered kind of spirit that shows that we are not living in grace, we are not functioning in grace. And then when we die to the law, we are trusting the righteousness of Christ, we are living in Him and allowing Him to do everything through us. As the Apostle Paul says, I no longer live. So when we function in grace, it's God's grace moving in us, working in us, and through us so that uh, uh, we realize the spirit of the law. We realize what God wants to do to restore us, to show mercy, to show faithfulness, to show uh, justice in our life. And, and, and towards others. 
So let's let's guard our hearts against this uh, legalistic righteousness that is in us, and let's let us be filled with Christ, filled with the grace of God, so that in our relationship with people, we show mercy, we show uh, forgiveness, we show grace, we show uh, allow people to 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 encourage people to rise up, to be restored, rather than to judge them when they fail, uh, because we are trusting in legalistic righteousness. So tonight, let's guard our hearts. Let's observe what is controlling our hearts so that none of this thing binds us, but we are set free by the grace of God, by the mercy of God, and we, we function in that grace in our life and towards others. And let's participate in the grace of God so that we can minister with Him and bring salvation and healing to other people. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you that in Christ we are set free from all the legalistic righteousness that is around. But we move into your grace, we live into, in your grace, and we thank you for your grace and mercy. Lord, we pray that because of our experience in your grace and mercy, Lord, our life will be full of tenderness, our life will be full of compassion and filled with grace and mercy in our relationship with people so that we will not judge, we will not condemn others, but uh, encourage and bring life and restoration to those who have fallen, to those who are in need. And uh, Lord, continue to work in us. Continue to work in us so that we indeed will manifest your grace and your mercy to others. So Lord, we thank you for your words. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you again.